Have you ever killed anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad. Yeah, but they were all bad. Drew, is that a good excuse? I mean, for killing people? When you work at the Omega Sector, or whatever it's called, you know, whatever makes you be able to go home to your kid and not skip dinner with them, you know, miss your birthday dinner and, and be me, able right? to sell computers. Him or me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, look, maybe that guy who was just filming the video, maybe his brother-in-law just said, hey, can you show up? You got a you got a VHS <laughs> video camera. Can you show up and help us film something? I got my, my friend Abu, Aziz, he just, he's just trying to film a video. Did he know? Did he know he had, what he was yeah, getting rubbed he, into? He, he, he was so scared, he probably had no idea he was filming the Sand Spiders terrorist video. So. And I'm not, but, I'm not condoning but you know it, but... The, the fact that he stayed and didn't walk off, Maybe he deserved a kneecapping yeah. at worst. Probably not. Death. Get arrested. Get, yeah, arrested. get arrested. But you know, and, and interrogated. Yeah, but I'm I'm very excited to talk about the villain scale on this one. Let me tell you, this <laughs> and, I've been looking forward. And the movie body counts. That we'll get into that later. Oh, we got to bust it out. It's been a long time here. So, without further ado, welcome back. This is the Last Row Podcast, episode seventy-two. Woo! We made it. I don't know how, but we're here. We're here live, still on schedule. <laughs> if you're looking for our website, thelastrowpodcast.com, you've probably already seen it. Twitter at thelastrowpod, facebook.com slash thelastrowpod. Head out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, you're new to the show, and you haven't had a chance to give a review, leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. Back again for, for another another fun episode here with 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 you, Batway. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this one. I've been gushing about this movie for weeks here. Yeah, man, it's going to be another episode. I'll uh, we'll see if it's fun, but it'll be it'll be an episode. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how it comes out. <laughs> we'll see how it comes out. Well, you guys be the judge of that. Tell us we suck. It's fine. Uh, five stars, please. Uh, five True stars. Lies. True Lies, Drew, 1994. How do you feel about the title of True Lies? I was just going to tell you, compared to last last episode's title, this this is one of the best 90s titles of all time. True uh, Lies you, is fantastic. It reminds me of uh, my grandfather used to tell me and my sister to fight nice. Yeah, there you so, go. True Lies reminds me of Fight Nice. Total. I love it. Um, action slash comedy directed by James Cameroon. Uh, <laughs> IMDb 7.2 out of 10. Too low. Rotten too Tomatoes low. 71%, Drew. Oh my God, too low. Too low. Metacritic 63%. Too low. Can I flip the table here? I'm about to yeah, flip the table. Yeah, you're, you're, you're raging mad. But no, I agree that this is probably one of the better movies that we've done like in the history of this uh, podcast. So uh, we'll see how this goes. I know that this is like Drew's all-time favorite movie, so we'll see how how I, we uh, how we spin it. I might have to hot take you here soon, yeah, so I'll, I'll um, keep quiet for now. It's it's hard for me to keep my mouth shut, I'm but I'm about the, to hot I'm take. With the, with the ice bucket, I'm gonna throw it on you. I'm steaming over here. All right, secretly a spy, but thought by his family to be a dull salesman, Harry Tasker is tracking down nuclear missiles in the possession of Islamic jihadist Aziz Abu Abu Aziz. My bad. Harry's mission is complicated when he realizes his neglected wife, Helen, is contemplating an affair with Simon, a.k.a. Carlos, a used car salesman who he claims is a spy. When Aziz kidnaps Harry and Helen, the secret agent must save the world and patch up his marriage at the same time. I think that kind of simplifies the plot a little bit. It does, doesn't it? Even though it's a little bit of a simplified plot. Like, I I don't know. I'm just going to come out right and say this. This is a super hot take right now, mm-hmm. but I know that James Cameron has done some pretty good movies in his career. He's been around a little bit. Can can I tell you that that this is going to be steaming hot take? This is his best movie. I'm just going to say it right now. This is his best movie. 
I don't even care what anybody says. So James this Cameron, is his best movie, Jimmy Cameron, best movie. The guy that did Terminator Two. Oh, yeah. This is did, his. Did best he do movie. Terminator One? <laughs> did, did he do Titanic? Titanic. Yeah, but listen, Titanica. There's a reason why this is his best movie, and I'll get into it as we talk about this episode. It's listen. It's not his best movie, but Our it's his Avatar? best movie. I've never it's, seen Avatar. It's, it looks, it looks not, terrible. It looks terrible. You, it's, it's not a movie that I'm not, I'm not. I don't mean anything by this, but it's not a movie that you would like. I don't think it's a movie that no, would be in your. I, I agree. I agree with you, Drew. It looks based awful. on your thing. Yeah. It's like a space side of sort of science fiction movie that looks, I don't think. I it would looks like the budget it. was 200 million, and I gotta say, not worth it. Not worth it. <laughs> all, all I'm gonna say is, it's his best movie. It's not his best movie, but it's his best movie. And if you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. I know, that, that's all I'm going to say. You are a huge Arnold Mark. Exactly. Both Schwarzenegger and Tom. Yes. And I understand your love for this movie. And I love it too. The, the reason why, and I'll tell you, I'll be, I'll be very quick about this, right? The reason why I think this movie is so good, and I'll tell you at the end too, we'll kind of tie it back together, is I think it, just hot take right here, it blends the perfect, the perfect amount of action, the perfect amount of comedy, the perfect amount of Arnold, and it's got multiple storylines going on all at the same time that I feel like don't detract from each other. And it, yeah. it really blends. And this is what you get when you get James Cameron, who's a phenomenal director and writer, making this kind of movie. This is how good it comes out. That's that's a testament to how good he is as as a filmmaker. And that's, yeah. that's as far as I'm going to go. It's a movie with a lot going on, and it was just shot with a lot of confidence. Yeah. and a lot, it just, a lot of risks taken that all paid off. And, and when I said the, the the blend of action and comedy, it really is. It's funny without being too funny, and it's a lot of action without becoming like overly ridiculous. Like it is ridiculous, but the movie's self aware, and I think that that's what makes it so damn good. So you know, let me let me tell you the tagline, and I'll, I'll tell you. You tell me whether you think this is good or not. The tagline for this movie, that according to IMDb, was when he said "I do," he never said what he did. It's true. True. It's not Wait, bad. Yeah. When you said I do to your wife, the last wife. Yeah. Uh, the first wife. <laughs> the first, one, first and last. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe maybe not your first wife. Does she know? Maybe she doesn't know your past. Uh, <laughs> I have a very checkered past. Yeah. I mean, was your was your job description involved? You know? <laughs> Technically true. He never said what he did. Now, I mean, we're going to get into it, but is... Him lying about what he does for a living, is that equal to cheating? Uh, I can't get into this now. All right, think about it. Think Save about it. it. We'll circle around. We'll circle we, around. I have to. I have a lot of thoughts on that, but I think... It's too the short. The short answer is yes. That's mm-hmm. what I'll tell you. That's what I'll tell you. I'm, I'm saying it's fine, baby. I'm we'll get into it. <laughs> we'll get into it. Let me tell you about the financials too. So... This movie, 19, what'd you say? 1994, right? 94. 115 million million dollars. Was that that around the Batman number? So I have a bunch of trivia for this movie. I was thinking about how to weave it in, but this is one that I'll, we'll save the rest for the end, but this is one that I'll tell you right now. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, this is the first movie to have a production budget of a hundred million dollars. And this made it the most expensive movie at the time, breaking the record of James Cameron's previous Terminator 2, Judgment Day. But it would quickly be lost next year to the biggest bomb of all time, Waterworld. <laughs> Maybe it's not the biggest, but... I mean, like, how much How much did the water cost in Waterworld? Do you think it'd be free? 
It's like a hundred million. It's I mean, world of water. I'm pretty sure that one's like famously known for just <laughs> blowing money because they could. Yeah. They just had the budget, so they could. No, I, I've one, never, I've never seen Waterworld. It's probably a movie we could do on this podcast. I'm assuming I, that a lot of it was made like on a like in, a, in like a like a stage or a set somewhere, not so much like feet in the ocean kind of thing, but bringing the water to a Hollywood stage. So that that's a good question for you. I know you you know you don't like space movies. You don't like old time movies. I do like you know, water movies. But do you like water movies, but that's kind of like a fantasy water movie and we don't have to get into it now, but that's a that's one that I would love yeah, to pick your I don't brain like on fantasy someday. worlds, but I do love water. I don't think you're you would be able to survive that movie. I'll just tell you that now. So like it's like I love water, but I hate worlds. So <laughs> it's like I'm torn if I should watch that movie or not. We we talked a little bit about about this movie and the structure of it and a lot of times, I mean, we always preface the show by saying we don't try to do plot by plot. We might be guilty of it a little bit on this show, so I'll just hit you up in the beginning with that. But it generally, we talked about how this is really two different movies. It's a spy movie mixed with like this this thing about his marriage, right? You Marital said it in the synopsis, comedy like slash drama slash farce kind of thing. Yeah, and and there's kind of those two distinct storylines. And I think as we talked about, the probably the best way is to go into the character and maybe some analysis so, of that and ask each other some questions here. So, so it's funny, um, just to show you how much of a mix this movie is, I, I clocked it and from the 47 minute mark on for the next 45 minutes, or for basically 45 minutes straight, they drop the terrorist angle from this movie and focus solely on the marriage of Harry and Helen. Which I think is an absurd thing to do for a movie to just like drop its main plot in the beginning and pick it back up at the in, in the last act, but it worked. Did you it? feel? Did you feel like it felt disjointed to you? Because I did not. No, it didn't. And like, it's a testament to the to the filmmaker that like he was able to weave the story and like just not 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 weave it, but like drop it and just pick it back up later, like when you least expect it too, with the, with the sexy scene. And it's like. That's why this movie is so special is that it feels like two movies and it but it doesn't feel long and it weaves the first and second acts together perfectly even though they had kind of had nothing to do with each other. Yeah, I mean you 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 saw it, right? It's an, it's a runtime of like 2 hours and 20 plus minutes and it did yeah. not feel that long to me no. at all. I was entertained the whole time and I've probably seen this I don't even know how many times I've seen this and it felt like the first time I was watching it, it was just really entertaining and yeah, I can't well, say anything still, bad about it. Still picking up new things for sure. It's it's really good, but what if we what if we start with with Harry Tasker, Arnold Schwarzenegger? So let me ask you, what did you think of his performance just in general? Oh, yeah, it's definitely one of his best, and really gave him the chance to actually act. You know, where he really can't do that in Terminator. Obviously, Terminator Two a little bit more so than Terminator One, and um, I think this was after Kindergarten Cop. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So. It actually gave him a chance to go full on action and comedy rather than, I don't know. I feel like Kindergarten Cop was just really wasn't not as much action. Would you agree? Yeah, it was, more, it was, it, more, it was drama. more dramatic. Yeah. But I, but I think this one for me, like it, this movie is the reason why I think Arnold, it, it, maybe it's not the reason why, but it's this movie is a testament to how good he is in this type of role. And like you said, Terminator is a bit more action focused, less acting. Kindergarten Cop maybe more acting and not really action. And then you look at some of his other movies and they're they're pretty much action. But like I think the closest that you can get to maybe this is maybe Last Action Hero, even though that didn't do mm-hmm. as well. I know we did that show before, so go check out our our back catalog. 
but in general, I think he was he was phenomenal in this movie. I feel like you couldn't you couldn't take him out of this movie and put someone else in. It wouldn't have been as good. It was the perfect blend of like this goofy action star, but also like this this jacked like action dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was just goofy. Yeah, like uh, I believe our, our friend of the podcast, Julio, he he brought that up to us. He he made the uh, last action hero comp, and uh, with like it's basically last action hero minus the kid in a way. And I kind of agree with that in like the movie's tone and like the movie's like ridiculousness, but also there's a little bit of heart to it as well. And uh, yeah, I totally agree. And well, yeah, you- like if you were to substitute, say, like Bruce Willis, yeah, or somebody, or obviously you know some people would compare Arnold to to Sylvester uh, Stallone. But like if you plugged in Bruce Willis, like it, the movie would work, but certainly it, not as well. It wouldn't be. And I'll say this, and this is going to be maybe controversial, but Bruce Willis is like too much of a maybe at the time he wasn't. I guess I don't know. You think about Die Hard, he he wasn't like as charismatic, if that makes any sense. Like he, he, Arnold he has lacked, a charm about he him. He lacked charm. Yeah, the word I was going to yeah. say it was charm. Yeah, and and I, I I told you this off off the podcast, but when we were prepping for the show, but like The Rock is almost like too cool. And I know Arnold was cool at the time, but if you look at the modern day equivalent, everyone is, always says The Rock is is the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I, he is, but he isn't. Like, I love The Rock. He's one of my favorite action stars today. But when you look at what Arnold was at the time, he had that, like, that charm about him that is, like, almost a goofy charm, whereas The Rock is too cool, if that yeah, makes any definitely, sense. Definitely you know what too I mean? cool. And even in, in roles where The Rock is, like, written as a dork, right? a muscle-headed dork, like, say, in um, that bodybuilding movie, Yes, um, Pain and Gain. Pain and Gain, and also, to a lesser extent, CIA with uh, Kevin Hart. It's like you see right through it, where it's like, yeah, he's, he's he's kind of a dork, but no, he's actually a cool badass. And there's no there's no amount of paint you could slap on him to make me think otherwise. So what do you think of Harry Tasker as a, as a character, right? We look, talk a little bit about Arnold's performance, but... You know, he works for this Omega sector, this this branch of the government that's unlisted. It's Great like a name. blacklisted group, right? What Great you, name, by the way, Omega Sector. <laughs> with with one of the like the most underrated gets of this whole movie, Spencer yeah. Trillberry. Trillbilly. They got Charlton Heston, yeah. Oh yeah. Also, I, I forgot fantastic. about that. I was definitely surprised by that. But no, I mean Tasker was kind of giving me a James Bond vibe, right? Oh, absolutely. So he where, had the goofy James yeah, Bond vibe. He seemed vibe. like he could do no wrong and he was kind of like, you know, hitting on the women. And playing it too cool to the point where it was dangerous, but of course he was going to get out of it, that kind of thing. So he definitely seems like an American James Bond in a way, right? And I like the sort of reverse, like James Bond is obviously very cool. Harry Tasker is a computer salesman, right? Yeah. Like he's selling computers and, and his cover for that is so well done. Like when he starts talking about the conventions that he goes to, to his mm-hmm. wife, like he really knows what the hell he's talking about or it seems to be. Like it seems like a ridiculous thing to or pick. Or it's Tom Arnold just briefing him, you know? Yeah, and no. and... But yeah. he still seems like a dork. Like still, like he's like a. He's, to me, he still seems like a dork, like spy. Let alone his cover story as a computer salesman. What do you think of the rest of his crew? Because you got you got Tom Arnold. You've got the the camera guy. I don't even know the guy's name. The guy who who had the longer hair and he was like new to the team. <laughs> yeah, and he's like one of those that guys from that thing. I think you said he was in a bunch of other random random shows. I yeah. think he was in Dante's Peak. Yeah, he was in Dante's movies. Peak. He was in um, Black Sheep. He's in a bunch of, of that guy type stuff. His name is Fossil, by the way. Fossil, okay. I don't know. I don't know his real name, but he's he's been he's a, he's a that guy in a lot of '90s movies that kind of like fell off in the, in the, right when the year 2000 hit. I feel like that happened to a lot of actors. You know, he's in Scorpion King, Enemy all of these, the State, all these fantastic movies. Yeah, Congo. I don't know if you saw Congo with the monkeys with the apes, <laughs> uh, the diamond gorillas. You know that whole exactly. 
No, but he was great. And uh, Tom Arnold, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Tom Arnold is a laughing stock in Hollywood or people don't take him seriously. Obviously, he hasn't been working, you know, head front in a very long time. But, like, this is, like, best supporting actor kind of stuff here, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Right? He was the, – the chemistry that they had as as two leading and supporting actor there mm-hmm. – the banter that they had was was it feels like they've been friends forever. Oh yeah, it just feels like they had relate. And I, I read something about how they became friends on the movie, and and after the fact they 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 became friends in real life. But you're right, like Tom Arnold is sort of like a laughing stock. He doesn't really do much these days, but I kind of wish he did because he's pretty he's, he's pretty got, good in this movie. He's got the chops, you know. He's got the chops. I don't know is is the association with Roseanne. I think that think, was it. Like part of his downfall. Well, there was something that fairly I read or unfairly. About. Yeah, there was something that I read about the movie about when uh, the the he's talking about his ex wife taking the ice cube trays. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that was really happening was that, in was real, that a real life. Thing? <laughs> yeah, there was a real That's thing. Awesome. So I guess he told when he was auditioning or something, he told James Cameron this story, and James Cameron thought it was hilarious, yeah. which is kind of messed up in its own way. But he said that line, and they wrote it into the mm-hmm. movie because it was so ridiculous. But, yeah, I I loved his friendship with with Harry and like the fact that he kept it real with him. Like like you said, they've been seemed like they've been friends forever. Where like to the point where he kept it like inco- uncomfortably real about his advice about his daughter and about his wife and all that. Where he yeah. basically says, "Daughter, oh, you know why your daughter's stealing money? She probably has to pay for an abortion." It's like yeah. who says that? <laughs> like, who says and when that? It, when his wife was, he thought his wife was cheating on him. He's like, "Oh yeah, welcome to the club, buddy." Like he just, yeah. you know, would you, would you say that he, a modern day equivalent of him is probably we were just talking about this the other day in the two thousands, like Vince Vaughn. He was kind of like Vince Vaughn before yeah, the fast talking, the fast talking. Like you know, friend, yeah, the the sidekick kind of thing, yeah, for like sure. Vince Vaughn's comedy is almost like built on the yeah. way Tom Arnold acted mm-hmm. in this movie. It was that yeah. buddy cop sort of yeah. friendship, fast talking, sarcastic, you know, keep it real kind of guy. What do you sure. think about about him as as a husband and, and a father? We'll obviously dive into their deeper their relationship, but mm-hmm. what about him as a father and, oh, and as a husband? Non-existent for sure, and he gets no respect. And does he deserve it? From his daughter, for, for first of all, no. for, from his daughter, right? No, absolutely he catches not. Her, he catches her stealing in the beginning of the movie. He goes and yells off to her, and daughter's like, "Sorry, I gotta go late." And it's like, you know, if that were you, and your and your dad was yelling at you, you know, when when you're about to go off to school, probably march your ass right back to the house and see what you wanted, right? Yeah, I mean, he had no respect in this because he didn't put any time in. Now they didn't show what he was doing beforehand. I don't know how old she was. I think you said she was twelve. Like, but I got the impression 12, she was like in. In high school, it junior high, or maybe a freshman in high school, something like that. But I don't think you know he's clearly put no time in, and I, and I'll tell you this, you know, without Tom Arnold, he probably would have been divorced a lot earlier because oh. Tom Arnold's like the ultimate what you would call a mensch, right? Like he oh, yeah. he's the ultimate best friend. He's saving him with his wedding ring after they get back from the trip. He was giving him the birthday present or the present, uh, the snow globe for his daughter, which she just threw away, which was kind of messed up. <laughs> but you know, just in general, like Tom Arnold saved his ass how many times just in terms of his marriage. Well, how many times is he just coming home from work at like midnight doing what, Drew, as a computer yeah. salesman? He was in Switzerland doing a convention. I mean, I guess at the time it's like Zach Morris's dad, like he's selling computers. That was like the hot job back well, yeah. in, in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd have to deep dive into what a computer salesman did in the 90s. But like even on, his, on the scene with his birthday where he's like, oh, you know, I'm on my way. And right before he gets into the bathroom fight and then the horse chase scene and all that, he's... You know, it's like eight o'clock and then he walks in the house five hours later and like, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, of course he's cheating yeah. on you. 
Like he's not working. He's not making computer sales at midnight unless he's talking to Japan or something. And, and maybe that's maybe that's a good segue into into talking about Helen Tasker because I personally felt like it seemed like she had been stuck in this rut, right? And obviously Simon saw that too, aka Carlos. But True. it it seems she could like be, she could be so hot if she wanted to. <laughs> I mean, he's, he said a lot of other things that we can't repeat on this show, you know, in, in 2021 here because it's kind of a product of its time. But we just came you know, back. We don't need to get canceled. So exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, when when you look at her as as a as a wife and a, and a partner to him, you know, she seemed like obviously she had been beaten down confidence wise. Like oh. this guy's never home. Mm-hmm. He's out doing whatever. But I don't think she had, you know, the, maybe the confidence to leave him. Like she said, she loved him, and you saw when they interrogated him later. Sure. But how did they meet? Like I want to know where did they meet? Like because obviously he says in the movie, in the interrogation scene, he was a spy before he met her. So yeah. where did they meet? I believe they said, yeah, he was a he was a spy for seventeen years, and um, they were been married for fifteen years. So right. Yeah. So, so yeah, he, he was in the game for two years. I don't know, man. Maybe you know she works for the government too. You know she works. I forget what office she said she like worked in. It's like a tax thing or IRS, right? It was some yeah. type of legal secretary. So legal, I'm sure their, legal, their paths probably paralegal? crossed or maybe he was doing cover, you know, selling computers to that office. I don't know what the hell. A- Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> he, saw, he had, a, he had an, uh, a nice little sale there at the office. Yeah. I mean, or what yeah. if, what if he pulled, what if he pulled a Simon on her? He might have. You know, and it worked. <laughs> he pulled a Simon before yeah. Simon existed. Yeah. But, uh, I think, but but it was reverse Simon. He actually he played his, he spit his game about the computer sales. Yeah, aspect. he's a computer salesman. That's how the that and that's her. how the that's how the cover story was born. <laughs> he met her. Like he met her in a bar after uh, during happy hour in DC, and he had to he had to make up on the spot a profession to hit on her because he couldn't tell her that he's a spy. So he went a computer. I mean, they had yeah. unlimited resources. So whenever he got back, he had fake receipts. He had fake fake sure. passports. He had mm-hmm. fake whatever, you know. And and he had the cover down. So this this group, this Omega sector, which you know they had it. I didn't say this when we talked about them, but they had one of the sweetest layers. I know oh, that they're yeah. not on the on the villain scale here. This is the hero scale, the I hero guess. Scale. But man, their 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 place was awesome. It was in multiple like hallways that they had to go through scans. The lady had the gun under the desk when they were trying to get in there, like. That's one thing I never I never noticed that until this until this um until this this watch through was the gun under the the desk thing. Yeah, Yeah, they had the X ray machine. I mean, how they don't have cancer from getting X rayed every single day. If you had this kind of support from from the government to like aid your personal life, I mean, you feel like you'd be unstoppable. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, and and you see he flirts with it later in the movie Mm -hmm. when he's got helicopters out chasing his wife. But I guess maybe maybe before we get into that part of it. Would you think he was cheating on you if you were her? Would you think that? And yeah, what of would you do in the marriage? Because how are you selling computers at midnight, right? True. Like I know there are international deals, but like you say you're on your way home to for your own birthday party at seven o'clock or whatever, and all of a sudden you you show up at one AM and you probably stink of toilet water and horse shit. <laughs> it's like I mean he was riding a horse yeah. and what do you, he was what in do the you think? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I guess she's not w- dumb. But it's at the same true. time, she's not naive. But at the same time, it's like, oh, he's boring Harry. Like, he, she can't fathom the other end. I don't know. I'm surprised they didn't get divorced sooner or or, or even a divorce, right? Like, she didn't think about it. Why yeah. Why didn't they? they? They never seemed to, like, fight about it on screen, at least, you know, to, like, like an argument point of view. Like, she seems disappointed in him. But, like, how often can you constantly disappoint your wife before, you know, shit hits the fan? It's true. I mean, it's been, what they say, 15 years he was married with her? Yeah. 
Was, that's how it was. Right. I mean, and the daughter clearly was checked out. I mean, she didn't care about him much at all. I mean, he was trying to help, but yeah. he was also like, I mean, and, I guess he's preoccupied. And it's not an isolated incident into this particular terrorist plot because the daughter and the and the wife, they say throughout the movie, like, oh, this is, you know, typical dad, typical Harry, you know, working late hours, missing appointments and, you know, not being there. So this is this is an ongoing thing throughout their entire lives, not just not just in the scope of, you know, the true lies runtime. So so we could go to one of two ways. And I think, tell me if you think this is maybe a good way to do it, but let's talk more about the, the offshoot of it, the next 45 minutes, right? Because, or not the next 45 minutes of us, but the 45 minutes of the movie where it went down the Simon Carlos route. And then we could touch back on Crimson Jihad at the end. Cause I think that's the two halves of the movies. True. I am very capable of rambling for 45 minutes. Exactly. So <laughs> don't put me in a box. All right. I mean, what do you think? So do you think that she was cheating with Carlos, AKA Simon, AKA well, Bill no, Paxton? Clearly she didn't like do the deed yet. Right. But the fact that she met him multiple times, like, all right. And I, I hate to get into your personal life, Drew, but I'm going to get, I'm going to dig right. I'm going to be your, I'm going to be your Tom Arnold right get now. Get the shovel out. You're Arnold and I'm Tom Arnold. If you found that your wife was meeting with a quote unquote alleged spy on the side, would you think she was cheating? I mean, it, especially if I was a spy, if if I wasn't just you know, some you know the podcaster, moves. you know the moves. Like you say, you say you work in uh, the computer industry, but right, I don't know for sure what you do over there I at mean, that company of yours. That's that's true. I left the movie business to work yeah. in the computer industry, but no, I, I would I would agree with you. I do. I would be definitely suspicious, and I probably would react the same way that he did. But I mean, in fairness to her, he was off doing spy stuff with Tia Carrera over there, trying yeah. to meet yeah. you know Skinner. She, Whatever her name that, is, that tango itself in the opening scene was was cheating right there, wasn't that, it? That was right, but but also you know, would would you rather if, would you rather your wife kiss another man or dance <laughs> like that with another man? That's a, that, that's that's, a, that's sultry of a dance. See, the obvious the obvious answer is the kiss, yeah. but the dance could arguably be worse Drew, depending was, on what the dance Drew, like was. She almost she almost got impregnated during that dance. <laughs> it was, it was it close. Was, it was sultry. It was it was very very hot of a dance, and and I think you know. But hey, for the country, right? That's that's what his yeah, excuse yeah, would be. Was sure. it okay? No, but it's he had all, to do it's it for, all the, for job. the country. Sure, everybody's got an excuse, and no. and I think you know with Carlos, she was trying to help him, and she did seem like she had. Look, she was obviously bored. She even says it. She wanted something exciting for her because it seemed like she was just trying to take care of Arnold. She was taking care of her daughter constantly. She was running the household. She was going to work, and he's out on trips all the time selling computers he's just never there so can i blame her no uh, but the second that she said yes to go away to paris it's cheating it's like she did something wrong right yeah you're not you shouldn't do that yeah. but obviously you know if he was hanging out with tia carrera obviously he mm-hmm. shouldn't have done that either so you know you, i'm not going to take away what he yeah. did or what what she did but definitely it got taken pretty far you can meet a friend for lunch what she did and that's fine you could even like be kind of manipulated into like thinking there's a dangerous situation going on that he did you know, he planned the briefcase, this, that, and the other thing. But when she said yes to going away to Paris to pose as his as her as his wife, and then the practice on the couch, even though she pushed him away, had the helicopters not flown, 
I mean, who knows what else would have happened. I, there. I, I'll say this. I'm going to defend her there. I don't think she was going any further. I think she was trying no. to leave. That dude was like straight up, like it was getting, it was getting he, bad. He put, a, he put a hand on that thigh he pretty, was assaulting pretty, pretty high. Her. Pretty high. That was that yeah. was straight assault, which is which is not cool. Like he mm-hmm. he crossed the line there, in my yeah. opinion, and it was, it got messed up. Well, to to quote himself, you know, when he's driving the used car with with Arnold, he usually, you know, not all he says not all of them are skanks. Well, most of them are. He says, yeah, but, but this is this is no skank. This is a real smart woman. <laughs> that the second he put the moves on her sexually, she was like, hold on a second. All right, maybe this guy is full of shit. It was it was messed up what he did and and he took it way too far and she, she yeah. like that the helicopter actually like maybe saved from gotten it worse but mm-hmm. it was it was pretty it was pretty bad I think and you know he clearly was was I don't know a predator if you want to call it that sure I mean, yeah I mean it's he's... pretty bad he's like picking up on these girls and you know I think it was it was like comedic how he wound up becoming a used car or he was a used car salesman too because those like the sales tricks like yeah, even sale, when he was trying trick. to yeah it's a sales trick he's selling himself he was trying to manipulate arnold yeah. too like hey you know like when he says hold it for me i need another mm-hmm. day and he's like oh because it's you like yeah. he had that like scummy charm about him and i gotta give bill paxton all the credit in the world for the for his acting job like oh, he yeah. he should he should get an Oscar for that performance because he was so funny. One of the like, best side characters of all time, really. His personality, the way that he played it, the outfits that he had, he was hilarious. And just, uh, you know, the character was was really, really funny. No, I don't know. Maybe we're all over the place uh, talking between the relationship and and Simon and his and his um his role in this. But when I watched the scene where Arnold is driving with him with with the vet. And he's describing to Arnold his tactic for how to get women, talking about how he lies to him and how he does this or that. It's like Arnold's kind of doing the same thing to his wife. He is. Right? He kind of is. It's like, no, he looks at him like he's a scumbag, but like, really, he doesn't have the self-awareness to realize that he's doing the same thing. He is. Only only it seems more virtuous because it's not, you know, to get in her pants, so to speak. It's, you know, I guess for protection of, you know, her safety of the country. Yeah. It's still the same thing. I think that's a good observation you made because even what he was doing with Tia Carrera, right? Like he would probably willing to take that yeah. to, to the level that, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it, now, it would have been messed up there. If Tia Carrera, if the AKA Skinner, which is a terrible name for She's not a, Skinner. A, a, a Tia Carrera character, like that's not a, that, that seems like, you it know. should have been like Jones. That's, yeah, that should Jones, have been her name. Great Jones. Name, great name. Jonesy. He could have called her Jonesy. Do you think if situation had called for it, Arnold would have slept with Tia Carrera. Yes, I do. A hundred percent for the safety of the country. He probably would have. And that 100%. right there is cheating. You can't yeah. explain your way out of that. If I'm sorry, you can't. A hundred percent. I yeah. agree. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, look, I'll go back to, to, to Helen for a second here. And when you look at, at what she was doing, he totally, he dropped that briefcase on. He was trying to give her like a little bit of thrill. He clearly did this with other women before it's yep. worked other people. And, um, you know, can I blame her for falling for that? No, she, she was obviously in a situation where she was looking for some type of companionship because her husband wasn't even home. Sure. It's kind of messed up, you know? And, um, I don't know. I, I think where it goes and, and, you know, when it, when it becomes a situation where, t- where he gets caught, the way that he reacts to it is completely pathetic in, its, in itself, right? He's like, take her, not me. Like, he's clearly, <laughs> this guy is, is clearly yeah. like a loser, right? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, he's, he's, um. 
He's got a little dick. It's pathetic. That's all you can say. <laughs> to quote, to quote himself, right? His, himself is his character. Yeah. He, he pisses his pants. He pees his own pants. You know, it's like it's a situation yeah. where the guy like lives up to his name. So I'm not worth the bullet. <laughs> I mean, now, let's go back to the question of morality for one second, though. I'm, I'm curious. I don't think we got clarity on this. Was she justified to cheat? I don't. I don't know if I'm. Is it, are, are you ever justified question. if you're if you're neglected to the point of like no return? Is it cheating time or is it divorce time? I think she skipped a step, didn't she? She did, but at the same time, I can understand where she was coming from because she didn't cheat yet. It didn't really happen, so I think she caught yeah. herself before it got too far. Plus, Arnold was, for all intents and purposes, probably Arnold has already cheated. So I know two wrongs don't make a right, he, he but danced. at the same time, dance that dance. The dance was was messed up. He probably would have slept with Tia Carrera. So who am I to judge her for for what you know? Maybe she she wanted to do, but mm-hmm. I think she was easily manipulated because this guy was 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 a scumbag, yeah. you know, and she was vulnerable. She's looking for action. That's that's now, my maybe take not on maybe it. not that action, Drew, but she's yeah. looking for some action. That's what I'm saying, and I think a thrill, you know, not clearly, a sexual thrill, right? I don't thrill. think it was. I don't think it was going down that route i think it was she was trying to help and she felt like important right because her daughter was obviously the teenage age and she's not she didn't care about her mom anymore her husband's never home i mean i don't like again i'm not trying to excuse it but at Mm -hmm. the same time i don't know that i i can say it was right or wrong because it was whatever her situation was that's a total non-answer here but (laughs) i i I hear you backing out of the room right now you know the gif you know the gif where homer backs into the hedges that's you right now my 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 chair's rolling backwards (laughs) like you can see me i'm just rolling my chair slowly backwards (laughs) i'm saying i don't blame her because he's probably been acting this way arnold for 15 15 years, years you know final straw he's five hours late for his own birthday party you know because he, he clearly to, wasn't the he, first time because he wanted to get in a fight in a bathroom and which go, yeah. and go race a motorcycle with a horse so so maybe before we move on to the to the villain scale and the crimson jihad and and the sand spider <laughs> can't wait we, we left out two important topics the interrogation scene and the, and the uh, dance scene that that kind of culminates the second half of that movie yes, that transitions the, the transitions to the, back to the the weaving of the two. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I'll just ask you outright: Was it okay for Arnold to pull off active agents from whatever <laughs> assignments that they were on? And was it okay for him to take a helicopter? And was it okay for him to have a guy record sexy talk in French? And was it okay? <laughs> I have more questions than 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 probably you can handle at once here. Yeah. But you know, just you know, in general. Was Arnold justified to do what he did to help save his marriage? So there's a there's a matter of morality and ethics, Drew, and there's a matter of legality and illegal illegality, Illega- for lack of a better <laughs> word. I don't think that's a real word, illegality. But I like it. <laughs> no, man. So he basically, so Tom Arnold basically told him, "You can't do this. You're nuts." But since Arnold had, since Schwarzenegger had one little nugget of yeah. blackmail on him, the poor guy. He basically got the green light. So do you think these dudes were briefed about it being the wife? It didn't seem like it. Or do you think they were supposed to treat them both as hostile, in which case could have been freaking dangerous? Well, if we go down the list of what he did, right? First, he placed an illegal wiretap on on his wife. (laughs) That was was the first thing, right? So he placed the illegal wiretap, and then he was getting transcripts of the conversation. So the wiretap alone, 
I don't you need a warrant for that? But also, I guess he didn't. Forget the warrant, Drew. Also grounds for divorce. I mean, it's Omega. Harry's yeah. Harry ha- is just towing that line of divorce. Do you think he's going to leave out all these details to to? Oh yeah, to Helen. She's she's not going to. That's like stealing your wife's or your husband's <laughs> yeah. phone and like reading yeah. their text messages he, and their. Is he going to say, "Oh, by the way, honey, I, uh, I I you know I put a recording device in your purse." Exactly. <laughs> I mean, so they, so they did that, right? They had the tracking device too, where they were watching her. So they did that. That's multiple things. Then he called a helicopter crew. I think there was at least two attack teams. If you, mm-hmm. if, you if you're watching twenty four, is it the tack teams? Tack team yeah, one and tack two. Team, tack team two. Yeah. So they had both tactical teams. They had the helicopter. I think I said that already. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was other things that they did, but I mean, I don't know how much money of taxpayer Dude, they, dollar they, he they spent saw, on this. They saw that trailer in half, Drew. W- was this okay? W- Abs- were you okay with this? Absolutely not, but I understand where Arnold is coming from because in his mind, she's cheating. Was there collateral damage? Like, think about where, and it, maybe is the end of this movie a culmination of him pulling off all those guys? Were they able to assemble and the, in, in Key West because ah. these guys were off their assignments? Aha! I mean, think about it. What if they were surveilling these guys and not just hanging out he could in have a been, trailer in the woods? He, they could have been watching Abu Aziz. Exactly. They, he, they got pulled off. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe they'd have caught the nukes earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, you know, and, and, and that's, that's the other thing. And then the other question I'll ask you, maybe about, about this, right, when we get to the interrogation, isn't it a little weird that Tom Arnold is like intimately involved in the details of helping Arnold basically rekindle his marriage is, is like maybe a politically correct way that I'll, I'll say it there. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, they're, they're getting, you know, all this like cover story about it, this wife being a, a prostitute. He's, he's kind of, it's a little, a little strange. Weird. It's a little strange, Drew. I mean, cause you know I where that's going, right? You yeah. know where that's going mm-hmm. and, and think about them as, agents asking his wife so she gets picked up she's in this interrogation room they're asking her do you still love your husband if i'm her i'm thinking like what the hell does this have to do with anything related to this but maybe she was just so flustered and she was so taken aback by being caught in this room here yeah you got to tell the truth it doesn't matter and he, he tells her as much he says listen it doesn't matter you will answer anything we ask blah 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 and yeah i feel like i get the feeling when you talk about tom arnold like it's weird you know going through all this with them I get the feeling that Tom Mortal feels he's just as married to her as as, as as Harry is, right? Do you think he's jealous? And so you think about this, you know, he yeah, he's the he's one that's getting his wedding ring. He's the one that's buying his family. Does he think secretly like he wishes he was married to Helen? Maybe that's his dream yeah, woman. I don't, I don't even know so much that it's Helen. It's just the fact that he's been divorced three times. He's probably jealous that Arnold has kept the marriage together for 15 years. I mean, I wonder too, is is it that Tom Arnold is divorced because he spent too much time helping Arnold with his own marriage, yes. with his marriage that, than it was with his own? That's a great, that's a great point. That is that's a great point. That's another thing, right? Yeah. That's probably the way it is. He's such a good friend and partner that remembering and all these details to keep Harry's life in order, he screwed his own life up. So there you go. I the agree. other thing I wanted to ask you too about the interrogation scene is, so they pick up Simon, Bill Paxton, and they pick up Helen and they throw him in the back of a van and you know Bill Paxton's peeing his pants and all this stuff right they take her to this interrogation room it's a giant mirror glass and all this stuff where the hell is Simon during this because like you asked me earlier do the agents know who these guys are they probably think that he's some terrorist target right yeah. like they don't know I don't think they were brief like this guy's cheating on me cheating on my uh this guy's my wife's cheating on me with this or yeah I can't even talk today yeah. You know Arnold, what I'm saying, you know, right? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Arnold just told them, yeah, put him in a cell, bag over his head, don't talk to him, don't tell him nothing. Like, was he getting tortured in the in the other room, like, by that very, guy from the end? Like, what's very, going on there? Very possible, very possible. 
So they go from the, the interrogation then to the to the scene that this is probably the most iconic scene of this this entire movie, you know, where where she has to pose as uh I think it was a prostitute for an arms dealer and it's Arnold trying to rekindle his marriage. So he gets this guy to record all this sexy talk. The, you mean the Jean French Paul? You mean Jean Paul? <laughs> the French guy and and all this stuff, right? You know, what do you think what do you think was was he was thinking with this? Like was he thinking that this would save his marriage? Like it was one thing, I guess, or did he have that whole plot of after that he was going to be stringing her along? Like, was she allowed to know that he's a secret agent now? Is he just allowed to blow his cover? What was the point of the cover the whole time then? Yeah, no, I feel like maybe he thought enough was enough and it almost cost me my marriage. I have to come clean. And that was going to be the culmination. My whole problem with the striptease scene was he probably should have announced himself sooner. Yeah, he waited a while. He waited too long to the point where he was touching her on the bed with a rose, at which point she's fearing for her life, maybe, that she's about to get assaulted by this strange French guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe after like he got her to lay down, he maybe should have announced himself. Like, I at, mean, at any point, it would have been a surprise, right? Why do you have to wait until, you know... True. Things are, you know, P's or V's or whatever you would say. And, I, <laughs> and, and I'll say this... I'll say this. Arnold is the guy that, you know, before Scott Hansen existed and before Andrew Siciliano existed here on the on the Red Zone channel, Arnold Schwarzenegger or Harry Tasker is the guy that you want changing the channels when you're trying to watch DirecTV Sunday <laughs> Ticket because he knows exactly when to switch switch things. Yeah. I mean, he he was able to, I've never seen anybody Dude, so skilled not, with a tape not recorder. Since, not since Kevin McAllister have we seen such virtuo- vir- virtuistic use that's the what rewind, I'm rewind, rewind and fast forward buttons. Absolutely. And yeah. and he was even fumbling with it. I got I got a good piece of trivia for you and I'll save it for the end about that whole scene and, and okay. just what happened there. But it, it was just absolutely absurd. And, you know, getting bashed in the head with the with the telephone, it's kind of kind of deserved it, in my opinion. Sure. Because <laughs> he didn't announce himself. You're hey, honey, exactly it's right. me. Hello. Surprise. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> just say it at any time. Absolutely. I mean, and and that so that transitions us into this the back half of the movie, and I think it's probably the perfect time to to bust out the villain scale here and just start talking about Crimson Jihad as an organization, the Sand Spider. I think we need to let's talk about the Sand Spider, right? Aziz, the Sand Abu Spider Aziz. himself, Abu Aziz. Let's do it. Just overall, so I'm going to renew the cat. I'm going to review the categories with you guys. If you if you haven't remembered last last episode, we busted out the revised villain scale here. So we've got. Four ca- four categories. We've got the look and the style. We've got the hideout or the layer. We've got the plan, the overall plan, and we've got the henchman. So I'm going to take you through these categories, and I, I want your hot take on on how do you feel that Abu Aziz and his organization fits in here. So I'm going to okay. want to start with his look. What sure. what about this guy? What, what's his look on a scale I, one on one to one to five here? I'm just gonna. <laughs> For a look, I'm gonna give him a round of applause. Drew, that skullet, Drew. Are you kidding me with the skullet? Yeah, it's like his hair. His hair started. I couldn't even tell you where his hairline started. It's like behind yeah. his head. You have no choice but to be a villain if that's your hair. It's like you're born into it. <laughs> he he really could have. <laughs> like you know, you know in a in a Austin is it Austin Powers two. Yeah, where um, where Scotty develops the 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 baldness, the male yeah. baldness, as he becomes <laughs> evil. It's like that. That's what this is. Like he was born into that. 
But it's like a nefarious baldness. It's not just, yeah. hey, I'm starting to go, I'm starting to go thin here. It's like mm-hmm. the way that it shaped perfectly. It's a and five it was head. like a it was a mane of hair yeah, too. It's, it's a five head, Drew. It's totally I'm surprised. No, I'll give him I'm gonna dock a point for not trying to go ponytail there. Mm-hmm. Like I think the skeleton ponytail could have really been been pretty good. I don't know had, if it was, was it long enough in the back? I don't know. Uh, he could have had a short ponytail. Yeah. He could have had a short one. It was almost like an Arabic jerry curl, you know? Like it, it kind of was. Yeah. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to talk about the other stuff about him too, because he had some sweet trench coats. He had some leather Dude, gloves. It's like, would you call him fatigues? I don't know. Like he was wearing that vest with all like the pockets and stuff, the tactical it's like vest. A fishing vest. Yeah. It almost looked like a fishing vest. Yeah. You got it from, from like Cabela's. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, he didn't have like the, uh, the, the, uh, what's it called? The bulletproof vest, but it yeah. was like a fishing vest. Like yeah, he's, yeah. Got, he's got some tackle in there. <laughs> I mean, think about that. He's got the gloves. He knows how to ride a, a, a Kawasaki, right? Yeah. He's, oh, he's got motorcycle skills with the look. I mean, that, that was a pretty sweet mm-hmm. outfit. Just in general, he he had kind of some style here, in my opinion. Yeah. I thought I thought he was pretty good. And his um, you know, his his charisma on the videotape when sending out the terrorist videos, you know, that that factors into it as well. He's got a real like he to me he was very comic booky like he was he was very like um a, a, I don't know a boisterous and overly angry bad guy which yeah. I think gives him points as well gives him more I, points. I I think you know overall he was a charismatic kind of leader and I could see why in the movie these guys would would probably follow him. I think you can see. He, are you saying he had a good? Uh, he has no. some good ideas. <laughs> don't don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> if you all could see the video right now, he almost spit his drink out. <laughs> you know, you know, this you know this guy Abu Aziz he has some pretty good ideas. I mean, some, all, maybe all some saying, some cities need to get nuked. I don't know. All, that's, all that was, that's what Drew is, said. I don't know. <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm saying here is the guy with the video camera. I'm, I can see his when his brother-in-law calls him up and asks him to go take a video. It's like, oh, uh, Aziz, I'm go, I'll go. I'll no, help him out. No, I, I know what you're saying. You're saying that he can be very persuasive to the easily manipulated. That's that's what I'm saying. He's, yeah, a, he's a cult leader. He's a Mr. Yeah. Mac, if you he's will. A very, he's a very, yeah, a very um, successful cult style The, the, the deep leadership. cut of, of Mr. Yes. Mac. If if you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. But what, what I'm saying is I think between the ponytail, the accessories, like all this stuff, like I thought he had a, he had yeah. a pretty sweet look. And the I, attitude... I, I, I personally would give this dude a four out of five for for, yeah. for style here. I don't know what your um, what your are we is. allowed decimals? I, we never discussed this. If you want to, but I think we should be allowed point point two five point five point seven five decimals. You're 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 testing the limits of my mental math capabilities here. Yeah, but I'll, I know. I'll go with I know. It. I know. But you're gonna write it down, right? I'll go with you. Yeah, I'll go so with you. I'm gonna give what this guy a four point five, just because he's so mad. He's so crazy. Not only is he mad, crazy mad, but he's mad, angry mad. Yeah, he, he's literally angry. Yeah. He's literally mad. Add the boots, add the fishing gear, <laughs> and then add that five head and that skullet. I mean, you don't, how, how much better do you get? Like, really? I mean, really, what is, what is a five? Terry Silver? Like, what's a yeah, five? Yeah, right? Terry Silver is is absolutely five. Like, yeah, it's so, not even... Yeah, I'm going to give him... He breaks the scale. I'm going to give him a 4.5. All right, I, I'll go with you. All what right. about what about the hideout and the lair? So that there's multiple there's multiple yeah. hideouts through yeah. this through this thing. There's, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's an, he's helping out Skinner with as an art dealer or whatever she was a, a collection uh, not an art dealer a, you know antiquities and all I wouldn't even stuff. say he's helping out I mean he's just that's his shop he's kind of running the, the she's show the, she's the front that's true yeah. she is the front yeah. so they've got that place they've got 
I, I'm assuming they have their own island in the Florida Keys. I mean, I mean that's that's a pretty that sweet island, deal. That island by itself, man. Oof. I mean, you don't get much better than that, other than you know having you know your own little <laughs> out yeah. in the middle of the ocean. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't like a completely private place because obviously there was a bridge to get to and fro. Mm-hmm. But I would say between that and the hideout, like just that whole scene there at the end, they had a, a whole compound. It yeah, was like it commando was. It was, style. It was a compound. It was like in Far Cry, you know, if you uh, you uh, capture the, what do you call it? The the outpost. Capture or? the outpost. It was an outpost. That's what it was. It was. <laughs> He's got like the mansion. Yeah. It's like Commando is probably like the pinnacle of that when you think about another Arnold movie. But uh-huh. but this one up there is is up there. But I think, you know, he, he had some pretty, pretty sweet accommodations throughout this whole movie. I don't know what your score is. What What's your score? On yeah, that? I mean, he, he had he had the he had the the, the, tor- the torture guy. He had racks, you know, had crates full of what I assume were Uzis, lots of Uzis, lots of RPGs. Oh, I got a whole thing yeah. about that. <laughs> I got a whole thing yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to I mean, I have no choice but to give him a four. I, I would do the same. Yeah. I would give him a four because it's not it's not the pinnacle of it. It's not the best hideout that we've seen. But if you're going to give yourself a private island or you're going to at least take over a private island, then all power to you. You've yeah. got a pretty good a pretty good powerful you know villain here, in yeah. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, Drew, these next two categories might be his downfall. <laughs> you're going there. Yeah. So go. What on. about his plan? What What about his plan? So what's his plan to dominate? I mean, he's got a good plan, I guess. Like, yeah, I mean, your classic nuclear explosions. <laughs> you know, classic. In, in the name of in the name of a jihad. I mean, anytime you got a jihad on someone, it's it's probably a good, like in their eyes, a good plan, right? <laughs> a good justification. <laughs> I mean, it's it's serious enough to to create a jihad, I guess. Yeah, yeah. At that point, right? Yeah. It's not just you're not mad at them; you're creating right. a movement. Yes, but execution wise, Drew, what do you? I don't see it. I just don't see it. First of all, he got the key stolen from him by a 12-year-old girl. That's that's true. Yeah. That's true. Second of all, he let a camera crew in and they frisked him, but like they didn't the guy looked at the camera, but he didn't like check in the camera, which could easily hide a gun. <laughs> There's always a gun in the camera. Yeah. There's yeah. always a gun in the camera. Yeah. He's got the, the the video camera that is out of batteries. And I know that might not be all his fault, but like he who's running this ship here, you know? Yeah. The boss the boss is ultimately responsible. I mean, ultimately, his plan was to what they say if they didn't was it pulling out troops or something? There was some yeah. some overlap with you know they're they're meddling in the Middle East, the United States, and he needs them out. It's the the classic, you know, the stereotypical terrorist plot like twenty four, etc. But overall, how I mean, he acquired these nukes, so you got to give him some some credit for that, like the fact that he actually was able to get nukes. Because a lot of times these villains will spend the whole movie trying to get the nuke. Well, yeah, he got them, and, and I mean that's and that's all credit to Skinner, who's you know. Right, we'll, we'll explain in the next section is probably the sub boss of the movie. Right, right. But he had a, he had a this is a lot like the Riddler, right, from last episode in Batman Forever. True, or had a pretty good plan, but the execution is just all wrong. They it, got it was, thwarted by two people. One of them, one of them is a super spy, and the other one is a government secretary who's never held a gun in her life. I'll give the dude credit though. The whole move of putting cement over. Uh, a, 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 like an armed nuclear warhead. Yeah, I gotta give him. I gotta give him a point for that because I, I haven't seen that done True. before. And, that was pretty sweet. And the shipping of the nukes hidden in the uh, priceless uh, sculptures. And yeah, that was pretty sweet it's too. Pretty, so, pretty good idea. 
the setup maybe for the plan was great, but yeah. the downfall and the execution of it was actually pretty bad. So yeah. I don't know. What's your score for that? If I mean, I, I got to dock major points for execution because it's almost like it never had a chance. Like It's true. Really. I mean, Harry Tasker was on the case, so it never had a chance. It was his anyway. idea to kidnap the girl. And the girl basically thwarted the whole operation in two seconds by stealing the key. Like, that's true. just... Was the girl not even handcuffed? Like, well, you know, like, what was the true. What was the hostage needed for? If and he, that, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say. And if Arnold didn't show up with the Harrier, she would have just fell with the key, right? I mean, she would have. Yeah. Obviously, we don't want her to die, but she, she could have yeah. just fell. With she could have been a hero and Andrew. True. Had he not kidnapped the girl, Arnold would not have flown over there and busted everybody up. That's true too. So him stealing the, the him stealing the girl was like outsmarting himself. It was like one move too many. That is true. So he he got he got too cute with his plan. Yeah, yeah. If if you would say mm-hmm. that, what yeah. what's your what's your score? Ugh, I don't know. I'm gonna be two point five max. Two point five. Two point five. All right. Good I'll plan. Get, good plan. Bad execution. Had some solid ideas. I'm gonna roll with you on that too. I'm gonna to give him a two point five. If we're doing decimals, I'll, I'll yeah. go with the half so point there. I want to make this clear. It's like obviously none of these plans and all these movies work because the bad guys never win. Like ninety nine percent of the time, the bad guys don't win. But when you fail that spectacularly, I, you gotta you, you gotta get docked points, no matter how good your idea of your plan is. Yeah, true. And true. I think as we go on in future movies, we're gonna have higher scores. But like, I can't I can't give this guy a lot of points just because he he messed up so many times in so many small areas. I, I agree with you. I, I'm I'm more excited to talk about the henchman because yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on this. You yeah. may you may be be down on the henchman. I'm sort of like I'm sort of this up is, because this is where we could differ. Okay. I I kind of like the henchman in this movie, right, and, please, I, and I'll say please go ahead, please explain for for two reasons. One, he has a sub boss who's Skinner, and it, we'll just call it that. She's definitely a sub. She's definitely the sub boss for sure. She definitely is the sub boss. He he clearly has her help and. You know, she had to fight because because at the end Helen had to fight her, so that's that's a sub boss there. Mm-hmm. She winds up going off the bridge. Yeah, but just in general, these these henchmen were not effective, but they had numbers, and mm-hmm. I kind of liked their look. Like the fight in the bathroom, that one dude was bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like when yeah. when is okay. when is it that you see these guys in these like tight like bodybuilding t shirts? And the fact that they all had Uzis, mm-hmm. like an Uzi is a very underrated weapon, and yeah. It, it was the the pinnacle weapon of the 1990s. It maybe. is a 90s weapon. You don't weapon. see them yeah. much anymore. But the fact that all of them also shot while they were dying, that's another plus for them. <laughs> that's they great, didn't that's waste great training. The that's great training. It's good training. <laughs> and maybe that maybe that comes on Aziz and, yeah. and the Sand Spider. Maybe that's a, a positive for him. Yep. But, you know, they almost got Arnold in the bathroom. They almost got him, you know? Almost had you. What, what are you, what are you Paul Walker and Fast and the yeah. Furious? That's dude. I almost <laughs> had you. That's what I'm saying. So, so I'm gonna they say, died. <laughs> I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna say that they were they were actually pretty good. They weren't effective because they all died at the yeah. end. But I I kind of thought I liked them as yeah. as as henchmen okay. of of all the henchmen. I mean, come on, they're better than the scuba guys I, from last episode. Yeah, I agree with you that I liked that there was a lot of jacked dudes in this in, in his henchman crew. A lot of, a lot of muscle heads. Which you gotta have if you're fighting an Arnold, and I also agree with you that they're better than scuba men. But are they <laughs> really? If you have snowmobile henchmen and ski henchmen, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Um, I'm gonna assume that the party in the beginning of the movie is Aziz's crew. It may not be, but I'm gonna assume it is. I'm gonna lump them all together. 
I mean, they were all like world dictator type guys. I'm thinking that I'm thinking that uh that Abu Aziz um set that up. He probably did. Yeah, but he probably did. Is it a tactical advantage, Drew, to be on skis and shoot shoot at a guy? If you have an Uzi, I thought maybe they would ski backwards from the from <laughs> when you, shoot, you know when you shoot a gun. So yeah. I'm surprised that they weren't using the Uzis to actually like propel themselves. Propel themselves. <laughs> you know, they didn't have the poles, yeah. so. You know, you got to give them. You got to give them some credit for being limber enough to ski without the poles. Yeah. So they were skiing with Uzis, and 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 that was impressive in itself. But I I personally give them credit for that. I don't know, man. I feel like it's just like it's an easier target to hit. Yeah, they're moving faster, but there's no like mobility, and they can't like duck and like take cover. They're kind of just skiing down a mountain. How easy would it be to just shoot a person skiing down a mountain? I mean, but Arnold was, he was like, like running yeah. basically. <laughs> like, yeah, but he could, he could duck dive and dodge, man. You know, and speaking I know. of which I, I won't get a chance to say this, but I love how the beginning of that, everybody knows I'm a huge Metal Gear Solid fan. The beginning mm. of that movie was totally Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. He comes out with a scuba gear. He's like mm. welding the thing. It was awesome. I love that. But I, I give the other guy too, when they're in the bathroom and the bathroom fight is another thing we kind of talked about, but the guy's waiting for him and he's like combing his hair. Like the guy kept, he had, he trying to look fresh. He's got a comb in his pocket. Like these guys are, these guys are professionals. I don't know. I mean, I've seen worse henchmen off to off topic, but tangentially the dude that's in the stall during the fight. What, if you're him, what's your move to like get out of there alive? (laughs) So I just saw a viral video of this the other day. Yeah, yeah. There's a of, famous of, viral video in high school. Oh, yeah. Of a kid trying to just go to the bathroom while there was a fight happening. And it was like a slow motion fight. It was really bizarre. They, you know, in real fights, people get tired out very quickly. So it ends up <laughs> yeah. looking very bad. They're not all boxers. Yeah. Right? So they They're get tired. They get tired after 10 seconds. And all of a sudden, it's just leaning on each other. <laughs> throwing wild punches. You know, the thing is, assuming this guy's, you know, Taking taking a number two here. Let's sure. let's call it what it is. He's going. He's I mean, it taking, wasn't it wasn't a three, Drew. You see, maybe it was a three. He's it taking a dump. A three. You know, you, you don't want to just get up. But when guns are involved, maybe you do just got to get but up. But if you come out of the stall, maybe you're like in, uh, literally in the line of fire. If you can't so would you, pull your pants like, up fast you, enough, yeah. But do you like turtle? Do you turtle up? Like what? What do you do? Do you like roll out of the stall? Actually, you know what you do? You slide down and you roll on the floor. Yeah, I guess. I guess you get low. But like he just he just the stall is not bulletproof and the guy I mean, just, he was in shock yeah he was I, just, in I shock. just wonder I just I'm not saying there's no right answer I'm not saying what he did was wrong but I'm just <laughs> curious what I would do in this situation when there's a when there's a firefight and like you you, you want to make an exit but you're scared to move and you're just and you're and you're you know you got a mess behind mess back there and you haven't wiped yet it's like what do you do what, what yeah. I've, I probably would have done what he did. I'd probably yeah. just been sh- in shock that yeah, I was frozen. Yeah, frozen in fear. Maybe that's the right way to go. Yeah. And, you know, he's just trying to do his business. I mean, yeah. he's just, he's in this, in this place just to try to hang <laughs> out, take a, take a dump. And, yeah. and this, these guys are busted in. <laughs> um, but, you know, but, nice little callback too with the glasses. Arnold looks like the Terminator a little yeah. bit with that as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if you're rating the henchman between that, between the, the, the scene on the, on the island, I'm I'm going a three with this. I'm You're personally going with a three. Okay. I'm giving a middle row. They're not the best I've ever seen, but they're certainly not the worst. Okay. And I think they were effective enough to mm-hmm. give Arnold a run for his money. They almost oh. got him. Okay, I'm going to go a little lower than you because a lot of people died in this movie, Drew. Yeah. And they were all henchmen. <laughs> the true. only two people to really put up a fight were the two guys in that bathroom scene. 
That's true. Everyone who died on that island, all those necks that were snapped, all those people that were gunned down, not just by Arnold, but by accidentally by Jamie Lee Curtis. It's a lot of deaths going on, which leads me to believe there's a lot of ineptitude. And then you got the guy with the with the camera who who didn't have the battery charged. Then you have the guys who didn't frisk the the the, the secret agent that was that was recording the other video. True. It just it seemed like a very it seemed like a very loose camp here. And I I just, I just feel like there wasn't enough training. Yeah. Yeah, they had numbers and yeah, they looked good. There's a lot of muscle, literal muscle. Literal muscle. They had nothing to do with any of that, man. The fact that one spy and then uh, some woman who had no idea how to fight anyone, let alone a terrorist True. organization, who also defeated the sub-boss. Jamie Lee Curtis True. defeated the sub-boss. She never had a fight in her life. Yeah, I don't know how now, tough maybe, Tia Guerrero was, Skinner, but I'll give her that. I feel like Tia, I would have liked to see some like martial arts out of Tia Carrera, you know? It's hard when you're in limousine to do that, but I guess... <laughs> no, I mean, like, maybe it was established that maybe maybe she had a fight with Arnold in, in like, the earlier scene before. True. You know, I would I would have liked to see some competence, competency yeah. from Tia Carrera they as a fighter. They kind of wasted her, I feel. But like, I guess she was she was more of a... She she was what she was. She was a... She was the dealer who also doubles as the... Uh, True. The, the weapons broker. And they, they did kind of waste Tia Carrera when you look at it, because... She's actually a pretty good actress, and I think yeah. you know she was sparsely used. If there's any, if there's any criticism I have of the movie besides the others that we talked about, I think I think that's one where I wish I wish she almost had more Skinner because I, I like yeah. her as a, as she, a character. She had a pretty good chunk, but uh, yeah, I would have liked more. And maybe and maybe that's just I don't know. Maybe the way she the, it ended with her was a little. I would want to say anticlimactic because I liked the limo fight. Yeah, it's just that it turns out. She wasn't as tough as we thought she was, I guess. I don't, maybe, that, maybe that's disappointing. So, so having said having said all that, I'm going to give the total... I'm going to give him a two. Just because there were so many of them, and there are so many of them that gave up, put up zero fight. I, I think, you know, one thing I'll say, and it's time to, to maybe bust this out again, and you alluded to it. We had to do some research. When you talk about a lot of these guys died, first yes. off, it's, what, three years later that we're doing this? And somehow, moviebodycounts.com is still alive still alive and doing well it's still hosted somehow thank you for whoever's hosting this site it looks like it hasn't been updated since 1996 but it's it's still out there and we did some research and i think this body count like is 71 high or low to you i don't know i don't i don't remember the old movies that we did but this movie has a total body count of 71 i mean it, it seems pretty high but it seems right for the amount of people that died on that island right i mean how many like if you look at the breakdown, right, they broke it down by scene. Just in the party alone, they're calling they're calling Arnold's, here's my invitation, death. They do it by scene. Here's my invitation, 12 deaths. Bathroom fight, one death. The truth agent, three deaths because there was the two henchmen and the, and the guy, I think it was, his name was like Samir. Yeah. And then the, the other scene, seven, 13, 10, five. Like there's a lot. Now, I don't know the accuracy of this. I didn't really go through with a fine tooth comb. Um, oh, and then, take the word for it. Yeah, yeah, and then and then Helen's gun, the Uzi that was just falling down the steps, which yeah. I can't verify that a gun would actually shoot that way. Nine more deaths. That's a lot of deaths. Yeah, and that's and that's why I'm giving low score for the henchmen, honestly, because what were they there for? What were they there for? Like they might as well not have been there if they're just going to be there to be bu- to be to be bullet sponges and to not even get a hit on them. Like you know, they barely even like touched them with a punch, let alone you know a flesh wound. If if yeah. we look at this as a whole, so I just totaled up the scores here. You, I'll just do a recap for everybody. You had a four and a half for for look and style for Abu Aziz and, and really Crimson Jihad as a whole. I had a four. 
Hideout and Lair, we both had fours. Mm-hmm. The plan, we both went 2.5. Here's where we differed. I went a little higher on the henchman. I've got three. You've got a two. Mm-hmm. That brings us to 12.5 and 13.5. I'm one point higher than you, but I think that's pretty good based on where, where, we, where we landed. 12 and 13.5 out of 20. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, you know... We'll see as we go along where he ranks on the overall scale off of memory alone. I'm pretty sure that ranks higher than both Two-Face and the Riddler. So not not so bad for Abu Aziz, but certainly room for improvement. He's no Terry Silver. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Terry Silver is the, the pinnacle of, yeah. of villainy on this on yeah. this podcast. Which I, you know, if we were to run Terry through that scale, I'm <laughs> sure he's a 20. I mean, obviously. I, I have some trivia that I want to share with you. And, you know, just a couple things before we tie this up. I think this is a good way to wrap it up. But I want to talk a little bit about a couple of the scenes that we mentioned. And one of the things that I wanted to just mention was (laughs) the U.S. government, we talked a little bit about him having the Harrier. The U.S. government supplied three Marine Harriers and their pilots for a fee of $100,736, which was a a fee of $2,410 per hour. I think that's a little low, don't you? Yeah, I mean, you know. If Bill Gates wanted to, he could easily just rent one of those dudes for a day, right? <laughs> it's like Yeah. I mean no, two thousand like, bucks no, an hour? No problem. Like there's a lot of rich people that could you know, if Dr. Dre wanted to, you know, <laughs> rent out that dude, he could easily do it. It's funny. And look, I'm no I'm no rich man over here, but I'm sure if we knew enough people we could get a Harrier for an hour here. Yeah. I mean, it's two thousand bucks? It's totally affordable. It's it's not it's not chump change, but it's no. it's you know <laughs> cheaper than I thought. So if you um, to get a flyover, that's really that's all you're asking. Really, I, mean, I don't know if they good. count fuel here or whatever they did, but it was a hundred sure grand. Sure, it's all included. The other thing I wanted to tell you, we talked a lot about James James Cameron as a I said James Cameron, James Cameron as a movie maker. So originally he hired a team of writers to help him come up with the film's jokes. However, after being mostly unsatisfied with their work, Cameron let them go and decided to try his own hand at comedy. He rewrote the script from scratch, and he kept only two jokes from the original team, one of one of which being Arnold Schwarzenegger's famous You're Fired line, which is probably one of the best, like, I guess, boss-killing moves in any movie of all time, yeah. in my opinion. Oh, great wink at the camera t- style, style uh, dialogue, for sure. A couple other tidbits for you here. The set of bra, the, the bra set and matching panties worn by Helen Tasker during the striptease scene mm-hmm. were actually Jamie Lee Curtis's own. She rehearsed the scene extensively with James Cameron... And it was there mm-hmm. that the fall that she makes in the middle of the dance was conceived. It didn't happen spontaneously during the act, act shooting, as it was often claimed, but Arnold was not told of this beforehand. And this is hinted at when he sits up <laughs> in yeah. alarm and he realizes that he's breaking character and then he relaxes. They did another take with the same gag, but Harry's reaction didn't look as spontaneous. So... Mm-hmm. Her, yeah, I, I, don't I know liked what that. I liked his means. little. I liked his little startle in the movie. Like yeah. it was real quick, and then he get they snap right back into the role. Exactly. But come on, Drew. Like she practiced the scene a lot with James Cameron in private. This that is according to IMDb. So I don't sound, know what that means. That doesn't sound good to me, Drew. That doesn't, does, I don't. I don't like the way that smells. It doesn't sound good to me either. I don't like I, the way that smells. You Drew. know, I don't know how that how that played out. And this is IMDb, so we're taking their their word for it. But I agree with you. <laughs> do it slowly. Do, do it sexy. The other one that I thought was kind of funny was Arnold Schwarzenegger's biggest challenge for the movie was not doing all the physical stunts, but dancing a tango. He had to take dancing <laughs> lessons to realistically perform the dance. He oh. rehearsed the scene for six months as he wanted to make sure he was as good at the tango as Al Pacino was in Scent of a Woman. So I have oh, two man. questions for you about this. Yeah. One, was it worth it? <laughs> was it sure. worth it? And two, 
they said that he didn't have trouble doing all the physical stunts. Let me tell you, they did not hide for a second mm. the stuntman's face in this movie. There it was like him evidence. with a Michael Myers mask there's of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's, it's what you it know, looked like. Yeah, there's definitely some brutal evidence of not Arnold riding a horse, for sure, in this movie. But as far as the tango goes, I mean, if your bar is a blind man, then sure. Six months of training, go for it. <laughs> I, I just I just like that they were doing those dances. They were like both in the beginning and the end with Jamie Lee Curtis. Like they were doing the sexy sultry tango and like everyone else around them were like 70-year-old couples. Yeah. Just doing a standard, you know, the, bare bones tango. It's like the polka over there. It's like who are they trying to who are they trying to outshine there? Like what are exactly. they who are they trying to do here? What are they trying to prove? I mean, six months is a long time to take dancing lessons. Now maybe he used it in his in his personal life. I, I think a lot of actors use these as opportunities to learn stuff they just want to learn in their life. Yeah. And maybe that was mm-hmm. what, what it was. Last bit of bit of trivia for you here, because I was thinking about this. And this will lead us into how does it wrap up, but why didn't they make a sequel to this movie? Why haven't they? I have a piece of trivia for you. A sequel was once in the works, which would have brought all the cast back as well as James Cameron. They even had a script ready and it was ready to be made and it would have been released around 2002, but they scrapped the idea due to script problems as well as 9-11. So James Cameron said that he didn't feel that it was right to joke about terrorism anymore which 24 then became a thing and it kind of went with sure, it, but it wasn't really sure. funny at that point. It was more serious. Yeah. 24, never, didn't make it. 24 never went for intentional comedy. That's for sure. And I'm, I'm surprised that they, they haven't made this again. I'm surprised that they haven't tried to do a remake here in, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I feel like this has always been, not always, but like, you know, there's always been whispers of, Oh, you know, when are they going to do true lies? And so, it's interesting you bring that up because I didn't know that it was like that serious of a um, possibility back in the early 2000s. But no, yeah, I would have loved to see. Like, I'm sure you can tell more stories, especially with like the, the buddy duo of Helen and Harry. And then also if you threw in Tom Arnold to the, to, as like the, the third wheel, so to speak. I mean, that could have that been really good. I, uh, I'm sorry we missed it, but, you know, that's okay because freaking Avatar, man. I guess a lot of people <laughs> like that movie. They got Avatar instead. So I didn't gush about this movie as much as I thought I would, even though I probably did. But before we get out of here, I just want to ask you, how does this hold up for you? Does it does it still oh. hold up the way that you you thought it would? Yeah, it's like a 9 out of 10 for sure. And uh, it's a funny story, Drew. I uh, have some history with this movie, me being in the movie business way back in, uh, as, a, as, a, as a lad. My uh, great aunt took me to see this in the theater. And I was like eight or nine years old, something like that. <laughs> R-rated Is this movie. rated R? Is this rated R? Yeah, it was an R-rated movie. I mean, plenty of Fs, you know, plenty of half-naked women dancing. And I had no business in that movie theater, Drew. It was the first R-rated movie I ever saw in the theater. <laughs> and it was great. It's, it's like, that's up there with the Time Cop story of my uncle renting it for us. Yeah. Because I, I feel the same. Like, I, my great aunt used to take me to movies that I definitely had no business being but, in as a, as a kid. But it was fun. It's funny. It's like, I don't... I can't imagine me wanting to like be psyched to see this. I don't know why we I was taken to this movie. It was me and my sister. It's like, yeah, it, there's action and stuff, but like the whole middle of the movie being like the marriage plot twist and all that. And it's like, I wonder. Did it bore you? I wonder if it did. Like, I can't recall back back then. It is the kind of movie that the action will, will lock you in. It's like if you watch 
40 year old virgin 40 year old virgin is a great comedy movie mm-hmm. but there's also the love story and some people just aren't into that part yeah. of it they're like oh this movie's funny except for mm-hmm. that part you know or like maybe, wedding crashes or something that way. Yeah. yeah same thing yeah I don't know, but I've remembered going, and it's memorable. That was like I, I can remember going to the theater. It was just very strange. But uh, and secondly, I was there. I was in Key West when they were shooting that bridge scene, Drew. I was freaking there. <laughs> I so, wish you had the picture. I need to see. So this. it's called like the Seven Mile Bridge or something like that. And I was vacationing with my sister and my uncle in Key West. And so there's two bridges. There is um there was like a, a newer bridge that is active, and then there's an inactive bridge like pretty much right next to the to the bridge that was the old bridge and is inactive. So they shot it on the inactive bridge. But as you are driving through on the active bridge, you can see what's going on on the other side. And my uncle knew that they were shooting a movie. I didn't know at the time what True Lies was. I was even younger, obviously, then. I was probably maybe eight at the time. So we so we took a trip down to the bridge to drive by. And obviously, it was like very slow, very slow moving, everybody rubbernecking, and justifiably so. And I kid you not, Drew, on my... Little Polaroid disposable camera. That wasn't Paul, Kodak. Kodak disposable camera. We took a picture of a man who was either Arnold Schwarzenegger or was a stunt double. And it was like very, like very like blurry and like far away. But we were like, that's Arnold. We know it. Because uh, with naked eye, you could see. It was either yeah. him or it was a stunt double. So, and I lost the picture. I have no idea oh, where I went. Man. It's gone forever. And did, I'm very sad. Did the stunt double have the Michael Myers mask on? Because it's what it looked like <laughs> it kinda, to me. He kind of looked like Arnold like in the mirror in Terminator 1, where yeah. it was like claymation looking almost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Arnold was doing this whole movie yeah. in business casual. I mean, he yeah. had the he had the, the mm-hmm. dress pants and the, the puffy mm-hmm. like yeah. shirt. But no, yeah. Well, totally, totally spotted him. And it was it was an awesome experience just to drive by. It was like all the commotion and stuff. Just so happened to be in Key West at the time. It was it was pretty awesome. So what do you rate it? What do you say then? I mean, I kind Obviously, of said it in the beginning, but I need to say it again. This movie is perfection to me. Mm. It's got James Cameron. It's got Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's got Tom Arnold. It's got comedy. It's got action. I- I'm going 10 out of 10 here. Woo. This is like, Woo. this rare. is my rare, rare. my perfect movie. It's your cup of tea. I It does everything that I want in a movie. It's this is why I like 90s action movies. So anyone that ever hears me talk about this, this movie is why I like them. This is, it does everything. May have been the reason that you fell in love with the genre. Exactly. And, and I, I'm going 10 out of 10 here, and I, I, I feel no shame about it. It's not a perfect movie. It's not the best movie ever. But to me, it does everything that I want, and it still holds up. Watching this, I was not bored for a second when sure. we watched this. I was looking forward to watching this. Like halfway through Batman Forever, I was kind of like, eh. This is a good movie, but whatever. You know, I'm kind of over this movie. This yeah. one, never for a second. I mean, as far as big budget action comedies go, I mean, this is kind of rare. I mean, I, I think I can think of maybe, I don't know, Beverly Hills Cop or something like that, but I, but certainly didn't have like the budget that this movie had or the scope. It was definitely more low key, obviously more comedy than action too. But no, this is this movie is definitely rare air and definitely has few equals, I should say. So before we get out of here, I just want to take two seconds and say thank you again. I know we did it last week, but we got so many emails this week. I tried to write back to pretty much everybody. If I didn't yet, you'll get an email from us. And I just want to say thank you for taking the time to <laughs> tell us how much you like the show and and just the suggestions for the movies. We've got a backlog going right now, and you know we're trying to add all the movies that that everybody's requesting so we can get to them coming up here. But you know, thanks to everybody for the suggestions and and really just all the positive feedback. Uh, you know, just want to say thank you 
Yeah, thanks for the support. And uh, yeah, I believe the first episode back, Batman Forever, was a success. And hopefully you guys like this one as well. And then we're going to keep on keep on going. And if you haven't had a chance and you're still on Apple Podcasts, send us a five-star review. We really appreciate everybody that's taken the time to do that. It does help out the show. And we love hearing from everybody and seeing what you like about the show. So um, if you're looking for our website, thelastrowpodcast.com, send us an email. I mentioned we got a bunch this week, but uh, thelastrowpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at thelastrowpod facebook.com slash the last row pod and we're trying to use instagram a little bit more come chat with us on instagram send us some messages and uh, instagram.com slash the last row pod or at the last row pod on instagram so uh we'll be back in two weeks we'll be back on february 11th with our next episode and uh, we'll talk to you guys in in a little while here Sweet. so that henchman that gets his face stuck in a urinal do you think that you know, James Cameron being a pretty serious filmmaker, do you think that was actual urinal water? Or do you think that that was something that maybe was, you know, cleared out for him? Because I feel like if you want to be true to the movie, you really want to get the real reaction. You've got to have yeah. real, real urinal water. Yeah, there. I'd like to think even if that were a movie set, that it was, like, built to be a real bathroom, real plumbing. Guys have been peeing in it all